So no more racial epithets. <laughs> no more defensive pedophiles. We'll sprinkle some that. We'll get you there. Know, here and there. Okay, hello everybody. This is a little show called Dern Do we After... Both yeah, <laughs> we can. Is that the plan? Yeah. One, two, three. Dern, Dern After, after reading. reading. You're going to have to get used to that because it's going to come up a lot. Okay, so me and my friend Max here. Hi, I'm Max. Yeah, you can This talk. is Nick. Thank you. Yes, I am Nick. Thank you for introducing me. Alrighty, so we're just going to do a little bit of a housework before we get going. There's something I notice with podcasts, and that is they're only audio, which means you don't really get to see people. And I always have this thing where I, um, I imagine what podcasters look like, and then I see pictures months later once I'm a super fan, and I get really upset because they're not how they should look in my head. So I figure we could do a little exercise where we describe each other. Do you think it'll take people months to become super fans of Dern After Reading? I mean, foreseeably we're going to be doing this for months, so hopefully they'll <laughs> stick around. Humor um, us. Very good. Okay, go ahead. Describe uh, me. No, no, no. You go first. All right. Yeah, just... um, if anyone's seen the uh, hit film Knives Out, uh, Nick bears a striking resemblance to Michael Shannon's character. Uh, if anyone hasn't, I would describe him as, like, um, I'm gonna go with DIY librarian. Does that feel appropriate? I, I'm, I, like, not too offensive. I'm dressed in a pretty, um, Rivers Cuomo-adjacent yes, outfit, absolutely. so I have very, very novelty the, facial There's hair. a cardigan. There's an oversized belt, I noticed. I think this is um, a Nick is a stylish, uh, a hip young man. He's got, like, a, a sinister mustache. I've been Sinister told... and wispy, but yes. also powerful. I'm which thinking I think of getting rid of. Describes you in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is we're gonna describe each other each week. Oh yeah, I forgot this, this is a running statement. Well, Max, to describe you, I'm going to elicit the help of my very Jewish, very gay friend um, Rachel, who you know from my job. Sure. Um, she described you once to me uh, from across the room as a tiny, handsome. Um, what's his name? Uh, mm. oh god! Oh, for listeners! Oh, no, no, no! He was in dropping off. Stop. Nick. It's Bradley in, Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> tiny, Bradley handsome Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Okay. And I think that's all I really need. That's you're right. a, you're a tiny man. You got good hair, a little scruff. You're, you look like you party. I've seen you in sunglasses. <laughs> that's pretty much Max in a nutshell. He looks, Great. He looks well, like well, a, a Max. Welcome, you guys. Welcome to the welcome to our new gig. Welcome to Dern After Reading. Our um, full-time job. <laughs> this is what we do now. <laughs> and what you may have guessed at this point, but probably not, is that this is a podcast about Laura Dern. Laura Dern exclusively, is which greatly. People don't believe when I tell them that. No, I've I've told people with such earnesty that they had to believe me, but they didn't want they to. They still didn't believe it. Well, here we are. And I'll, I'll say, I know what you're thinking. It's 2020. You're probably asking yourself, is this really what we need? Yet another Laura Dern-themed podcast. I mean, we're in the dozens now, but we think we can come out above the rest. There's, there's Dern and Down the House. <laughs> uh, there was another Dern after we reading that we really had to fight. <laughs> For this title, but we, uh, we, we won physically it fought them. We burned down the pizza restaurant they operated out of, so we're <laughs> top dog now. Uh, why are we making a podcast about Laura Turn? Well, if I remember correctly, we were at my job one day, 
And Nick is a bartender. I am a bartender. At Nick's a bar- <laughs> more often a bar back. Uh, you know, I do both. Um, at a bar called Lorraine here in Philadelphia, and uh, we were both Don't plug them. We were both there. Don't hey, Jimmy's gonna listen. Them. You know, I gotta All say right. the name. Don't plug them. Anyway, we were there, and one of us made the joke of Dern after reading, and then the other said we should do a podcast, and here we are, <laughs> weeks later, canonically following through on our. Our mission. Stupid drunk. This is, this is our uh, Mormon mission. So, who's Laura Dern? Laura Dern. Good question. She is an actress. She is 52 years old, so I have 52 years of history to cover in the next four hours of <laughs> podcasting, which I hope you're all strapped in for. Um, she's the child of two actors. I did not write down their names, their but names they are, are both... Bruce Dern. There you go. You and I want to say Diane Ladd. Yeah, is Diane that name? Keaton. That's her. <laughs> that's no, I him. think I think you're right. I, um, th- I think that's who the, our older listeners will know. Mom, just correct me if I'm wrong about that. All right. Um, her first film was White Lightning. She had an uncredited role in 1973. She's been in a lot of different pictures, both large and small. She's been on TV series. She is a big fixture in David Lynch's work, who is. Not a native of Philadelphia, but he was a longtime resident and did a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, there. we'll we'll get into Lynch a little He's, later. He cited Philadelphia as the city that made him the dark, awful man he is. I'll stop because I'm this, sure you have some. This hurts this. me. Anyway, um, she was married to Ben Harper for several years. Are they no uh, longer married? Nope, they divorced oh. in 2013. I don't believe she has children. No, she does have a child. She has a daughter. And that's pretty much all like oh this year she was did very big on the award circuit so far she won the sag for best actor and the golden globe for supporting actor actress actually both for marriage story and the oscars have not happened yet but i believe she might just win one of those does she get does netflix get oscar nominations they can i believe they have to run films in theaters which they have been okay. doing like, uh, The Irishman was sure. big this year in awards because Uncut they ran gems. it. Uncut Gems sure, sure, was sure. A21, but you're doing you... great. It's fine. Whatever. You can't be perfect. Did I you see Marriage Story? I have not seen it yet. because I hadn't seen it, and then it became part of this podcast thing, and I decided not to see no. it until it comes out. Okay. Well, speaking of, so what are we watching? How is this? Uh... Well, I was, just about to, I was just about to mention that. I know, and I was segueing into it. So basically, we have two segments every week. One of them is called Big Dern, and the other is Little Dern. I made a list. Every Big Dern is a major motion picture that she starred in. And every Little Dern is either a television movie, a music video, and a deleted scene. Something that is listed on her IMDb that is not a major film. And we also have a few specials planned for the future that range from series of films she's did, um, television shows, short guest spots, as well as whole series. And we'll get into those. Our first month marker, we might just hit a small one just to test the waters and see how that goes. But for now, we're going to run with the big Dern Little Dern because it works. <laughs> All right. All righty. So. Any, any questions, any, any you listeners at home? Just raise your hands. We'll get to you. No questions, okay. No, 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 give him a oh, second. I'm sorry. Gotta, gotta think of it. I'm gonna take, take a nice sip of water while we uh, <laughs> wait for this. Okay. <laughs> should we should we jump into uh, the we next segment? jump in. Big, Big turn! Alrighty, it was my lucky week to start. 
And my big dern for the week was a 2001 film called Novocaine. It was written by David Atkiss, who did nothing else of note. And I would like to give a quick disclaimer before I describe this film, because it is a very complicated and intricate crime drama. And if this is your favorite film, which I'm sure many of you this is, I'm going to mess up some things. I'm going to miss some facts. I might mention things later in the story that were mentioned earlier in the story that I'm just not going to list because we only have four hours and <laughs> I don't want to bog it all down with Novocaine lore. Okay, so let's start out. Steve Martin is a very successful dentist in a dental practice that I may note is incredibly Steve realistic. Martin. Yes, Steve mm, Martin. Steve the Martin. Steve Martin. Okay. And let me say, his dentistry has greatly improved in this film from his first dentist role, which was, of course, Little Shop of Horrors, where he plays a very bad dentist. With black hair? Very black hair. Every time I've seen that. He's very slick. He's a greaser dentist, and he gets eaten by a plant. Needless to say, he, Great is, film. he is much more successful. Great film. Him. No turn. This could have been much better as a musical, I'll say it. It would have been a very repo kind of musical, okay. but it would have been good. Okay, so there's a VHS VCR player within the first two minutes. I like this. I collect VHS tapes. It's a good nod, because they're still popular in 2001. I'm just going to go ahead and re-describe uh, describe how you look. Nick looks like someone who collects VHS tapes. Thank you. That would have been a more succinct way to Thank describe you. it. Add this to my resume. <laughs> anyway, so VHS. This, will, this is one of the big things that will become important at the very end of the film. There are other things, but this is the big one that I wrote down that I thought I should mention. Anyway. So very spot-on dentist office. Laura Dern is one of the first people you see in the movie. She is his assistant and fiancé. She has very big hair. She is definitely a little bit of a ditzy character for the beginning like of the film. I like ditzy Dern. She's a good... Like, she's not written as just, like, a dumb woman, but, like, you know, she's definitely a little ditzier. She does taekwondo in this film, and it is ridiculous. The scenes of her doing it are insane. The face she makes upset like it all like, like it, a all, grueling, it almost felt like a, offensive like it's not did she look like she was like pooping she looks like she was doing an impersonation of a monkey pooping <laughs> like it's it's just it's you have to watch the movie to understand okay. but she, her face just upset me to some degree okay so you know he's a dentist his life is going well and then let me just say that in my notes, I describe most of the people as their actual names because I didn't care to learn their real names. So Steve is the dentist, and the woman who comes up is Helen Bonham Carter, a name that I will not mispronounce. And she comes in, and uh, yeah, this whole movie basically just becomes Dentist Fight Club, but we'll get there. Cool. She comes in, she says, I have a toothache, give me pain medicine. And he tries to give her ibuprofen, she says, I'm allergic to that. It's very clear she's trying to get drugs. Sure. And he says, I'm not going to do that because I'm Steve Martin and I'm a good man. And she says... So he's like the opposite of his of it, little shovel. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, he doesn't do any drugs on the job like the other one. <laughs> he's a very straight-laced man. But then she gets all, you know, I'm shaking my shoulders in a seductive way. She gets very, not very, but like a little bit like, what if I touched your penis she's with put, her eyes? She's putting the shakes on yeah. to try to get And then pills. he said, sure. fine, I'll give you five pills. And then later he gets a call, and the pharmacist says, why'd you give this woman 50 pills? And she had already gotten the drugs, and she is out of the scene. So, that's done now. She's gone. We might never see her again, but we definitely will. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, Taekwondo, we already talked about that. Um, he, co he goes to his house, where there is a man lying on the floor covered in blood, 
but it's actually his wasteoid brother who's covered in red paint because he broke into the house, took a bunch of pills, and then decided to paint the bathroom red. This brother will become very important later. So they go to a bar. There's a bar fight where this I'm guy... I'm going to assume none of these people become important at any point in it's, this film. This movie is such a clusterfuck. Okay. Like, I'm just going to try to keep up. I'm, okay. like, I'm sorry if I'm going to lose you because I'm no, less than halfway through already. And it gets wild. Okay, so there's a bar fight where this guy very clearly... Brother? No. This dentist. Brother and dentist are at a bar. Okay. There's a bar fight separate from them. And it's very clear this man kills another human being. He hits him with a bottle and then hits his head off of the cement at least six times. It's like a curb stomp. Like, it's American History X. Yes, but, like, no one's freaking out. Everyone's like, this is happening. And it looks like a pretty nice bar. And, you know, it happens. And Steve Martin's like, hey, leave him alone. Which is fair to say. And this guy (laughs) approaches him and says, essentially, what did you say to me? And then Steve Martin said, there's cops coming. You should go. And he does. And we think, we'll never see this man again. But we do. This man, okay, let me just check my notes. I'm getting lost in the story, and I could very easily rattle on for 20 just minutes keep about going. this. Just, okay, so... Just breathe in. Believe it or not, Helen Bonan Carter is back. She is at the office when Steve goes in later to check on stuff or whatever. And she said, I want my root canal now. And she's dressed significantly more like Marla from Fight Club. She's a little sluttier. Okay. She has pigtails. Like, she's clearly a junkie. Um, and she brings some booze, and they bone in the chair. I'm not going to cut any they stuff out. Bone him they bone Carter. They bone him Carter right in that dentist chair, which uh, is intercut with ridiculous scenes of Dern doing Taekwondo. Oh, perfect. And let me also <laughs> note that this whole movie is intercut with weird, like, head x-ray footage, and it's very, like, hardcore, like, 90s music video stuff. Like a tool video? Like that? Or like the, um... Uh, what's the zombie movie where they're in the mall? But like the newer version of it? With the dad from Modern Family? Like Dawn, D- Dawn of the Dead, maybe? Sure. And like, the it. credits for that are very like, x-ray, heavy metal music. Okay. Like red gore. Like, da 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 Anyway. Like corn? Maybe. Like when corn was really... Uh, probably. Freak on a leaf. Corn yeah. and green beans. Whatever band these kids are listening to. <laughs> Okay, so they bone in the chair, and um, it becomes very clear from this point onward that his lies are going to grow very quickly. The o- Steve Martin. Yes. Okay. So the only lie so far is that he slept with a woman, and he gave her pills that she stole. So we find out the next day that she cleaned out the narcotics from the dentist's office while they were there. She took everything. And this is where I'm going to start skipping stuff, because honestly, if I covered everything, we would be here all night. So she steals narcotics. Um, bu- 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 Marla's bar fight man. Um, that's her brother, the guy that got into the bar fight. That was the one who died, or the, the one, one that was the one that died. Somebody. Probably killed a man. Sure. That's her brother, who also is abusive towards her, like sexually, kind of, but also physically. He's a very bad man. Steve Martin goes to the hotel after tracking her down, and she like implies that she wants him murdered. Her brother. Yes. Okay. But, like, very loosely, and it's very clear that Steve Martin is just mad and is not going to murder him. Uh, bu- bu- bu. Steve Martin sleeps with Laura Dern, because they live together. Well, they're a and couple. They're, they're engaged. Sure. And uh, he thinks of Marla the whole time. 
I'm gonna. Well, how how does how are his, are his thoughts conveyed? Um, it, he is sleeping with Laura Dern in a bed, but it intercuts to scenes of Helen Bonham Carter in the same positions as Laura Dern. Okay. And he basically says like, yeah, she doesn't know. I think of other women, but then you see her face, and maybe she does. <laughs> okay. So the junkie brother storms the dentist office the next day. And uh, he's like, leave my sister alone. Don't threaten her, blah, 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 blah. Laura Dern tries to protect Steve Martin because, as we know, she knows Taekwondo. And he, she's also very tall. She, no, really I'm you're, you're going to be, sh- does that be shocked point? by this. She comes out and does a whole Taekwondo thing. And the junkie brother says, you're tall. Told you. So for our listeners who don't yet know about Dern. She is incredibly she's tall. A tall lady. Eight feet tall at least. <laughs> Okay, so the brother says, never see my sister again. Steve Martin immediately goes to the hotel to see the sister. And you know who's there? The brother. Um, they fight. He accidentally stabs the brother with scissors in the hand. So at this point, I would say Laura Dern knows about half the truth. She knows that Steve Martin has slept with another woman. That's pretty much okay, it. Okay, now, so what kind of, let's get a little Dern with it. What kind of, what kind of Dern are we getting? You said she starts, like, kind of ditzy. A little but do we get to like like her feelings on this? Do we get a little like she's clearly, like a rage? She's clearly upset. Rage. The movie definitely fixates on Steve Martin and what he's doing, but like I wouldn't say she's ditchy. She's just um, underdeveloped in the film until later. You just kind of see her here and there, and she's just more and more upset because her fiance is doing sketchier and sketchier things, blowing her off, and then she clearly knows he's having an affair to some degree. And this kind of comes to a head when they find the junkie brother dead in their house. Steve Martin, oh, shit. yeah, Steve Martin, just, <laughs> Steve Martin just comes home that night and he's dead. He's there. He's dead. And it's not red paint. No, he he's is not old. He, he had been shot, which is a thing we learn later that could have made this all much simpler because they didn't have a gun. Like there wasn't a gun in the house. Okay. And we will also find out later that he's covered in bite marks that belong to Steve Martin. This is going to come into a twist soon. So the cops are there, they're like, blah, blah, blah. For, for the listeners at home, I just rolled my yeah, eyes. Yeah, this movie is deeply a train wreck. I regret the <laughs> hour and 30 minutes I lost watching it. Anyway, so Kevin Bacon is here also. Yes! Kevin Bacon shows up. The cops are there, and Kevin Bacon, playing a different actor, is with the cops, like, studying for a role. And he's, he's an airhead. <laughs> like, he's an airhead in the movie. He's supposed to be just, like, a uh, tough guy actor. He's d- learning from cops. <laughs> he's learning. And so he gets he's on a ride-along. He is. But he's, like, on a murder call. No, no, and I know this is our first episode. Maybe we call an audible here. Yeah. Maybe instead of Darren, we do Kevin Bacon. We can work on, um... No, it's oversaturated. I, what's what's a good name for a Kevin Bacon podcast? Making bacon? I mean, that's too Six easy. degrees. I mean, yeah, that'd we're... be good. That'd be a game we could play. We I feel like do... we're above that. We could just do six, six degrees, degrees of, of bacon. We have like 60 seconds, and if we don't get it, we like, I don't know. We could. Next bacon. week we'll have games. Okay, we'll do games. <laughs> anyway, back to this monstrosity. So at, the cops are there, and Kevin Bacon is with them. And one of the cops says, "Why don't you let Kevin Bacon ask you some questions so he can practice?" Not, which she is, doesn't say the word name Kevin Bacon. No, but I'm just okay. gonna say it. Um, sure. Which is 
insane. Can you imagine? <laughs> just like, on like an this actor is going scene. to interrogate you, and the actor he's so over the top. He's like, "Were you sleeping with her? What's going on? Who are you?" And Steve Martin is just like, "This is ridiculous." One, I agree with him. This is crazy. Okay, so that happens. The police say you're fine. You didn't do it clearly. Um, there's some panties involved. Laura Dern says they're hers. Who's panties? Okay. They're Helen Bonham Carter's, but Laura Dern said, oh, those are mine, because she knows her husband's in minor hot water, and she wants to cover for him, because she still loves him. But does she? We're getting there. Okay, um, Helen Bonham Carter is then in the movie again, at the hotel, and she's screaming. And it's funny, because in the whole movie, she has an uh, American accent. And she is a British woman with an English accent. And when she's screaming... You can tell she's newer to acting in this film because when she screams, you can hear that she's British. She's a 2001. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess isn't super early, but it's early enough that she must not... It w- Whatever. She, the cut they she used... She had to work on her The screams. cut they used, she's yelling at Steve Martin in a clearly British accent. <laughs> and then she goes back to American, and I'm like, that's that's a good thing I should Can I ask about. a useless question? Please. Is this like pre or post 9-11? Um, it's... I don't know. I'm gonna. Ooh, I don't have my phone on. You keep talking. I'll okay, you, you look know. it up. Let me know. What's this terrible <laughs> movie called? Novocaine. Yes. Okay. okay. So, um, we basically are able at this point to surmise that Steve Martin's brother knows um, Helen Bonham Carter, and he is the reason she came to town. Who's Oh, Steve Martin's brother is like the wasteoid dude. At this point, he's not been in the movie that much. He's like here and there. He's staying with Steve and he's like, hey, are you walking out on your old lady and stuff like this? Like he's planting seeds that will make more sense later. Anyway, um, so there's a manhunt. Oh, wow. What? Was it like right on? It was November 16th. (laughs) So imagine when you think about this, I want you to think, was this... Like, your first time, you've grieved, you've mourned. God, you're a new... This is your first time as a New Yorker going to the movies since 9-11. It's been two months, two long, hard months. And you see this film. Does it... Does it do what you... Oh, wait, hold on. We now have conflicting information. Oh, no. Because now I have a release date. That's what that's what was my first release date, so November sixteenth. This release date says September eighth, two thousand one. Well, I mean my only theory would probably be it came out September eighth and, and that happened and then they said let's push it back and have a second release because very clearly We're gonna assume we're gonna that that's have exactly a loss. Exactly what happened. Yikes. Speaking of which, fun little side story before we get back yeah, to Yeah, let's this. give me your nine eleven tip. Um, do you know the two movies that were the service films on the planes that crashed into the Twin Towers? I don't, but that's it, some sick trivia. It was A Knight's Tale and Doctor Doolittle 2. Wow, those are both older than I realized. Those are both bad movies. <laughs> those are both bad movies. Especially A Knight's Tale. Um, what? Heath Ledger, Knight's Tale? No, like, I think it was the martin lawrence move whatever that move no black knight ah (laughs) (laughs) this was this wasn't a part of the john waters exhibit that was at the baltimore museum of art it was like two of the title grabs from the two films Uh, i'll okay next week kills heath ledger we'll 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 come back to this two 9-11 films in my notes okay (laughs) Okay, so uh, blah, 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 blah. there's a manhunt for Steve Martin. He's wanted for murder okay. because 
um, there was a dead man found in his house that was covered in his teeth marks. Right. Well, get like when you say like head to toe, like like his bot, his torso, his okay. torso was covered in what we will later see are very clearly fake teeth marks. Okay. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna predict the end. Go ahead. Laura Dern, angry, angry at what was obvious infidelity on the part of her husband and secretly studying and fighting Taekwondo. Do you hear that? That's me eating my notes because I'm so mad. Grabs his fake teeth because he's a dentist and just like chomps all over this dead guy. I don't even remember who the dead guy is. You're almost right. Oh, Let me yes. just finish. Dern, Dern, so... Dern. He gets arrested, he's in jail, he gets out because the cop's an idiot, um, and then we find out that Laura Dern is framing him and has been from the beginning, so you're like half right. Oh shit. And okay. at the very beginning, like, his insurance adjuster is in the chair and he's like saying stuff, but you half hear it because he's fixing his teeth, and he says like something, it made a new corporation, there's insurance on it, and if, if one of the two people who is Steve Martin and Laura Dern were to go to jail, all of the money would go to the other. So if there were, if the fire if a fire burned down the office, all the money right. would go to Laura Dern if Steve Martin was in jail for murder. And um, Laura Dern um, is in cahoots with Steve Martin's brother. And the whole plan was get a junkie, get them to come, get them to steal the drugs. Steve will go to jail, we can fuck, um, and we'll own the place, and we'll get all the money if something happens. And then Laura Dern murders the brother in the chair and covers him with Steve Martin's teeth marks as well. So there's two murders that Laura Dern has committed in this film. May I also add that she shoots the brother right in the chest on camera, and the camera is the mouth camera that is the VHS player from the beginning, if you remember that. We'll get this all, this all comes together. So at this point, Steve Martin realizes he's been duped. And what do you do when you've been duped? Well... You pull out all your fucking teeth. Steve Martin, on camera, pulls out every tooth in his head. And then he pulls out all of his brother's teeth and he switches them. And then... Because he's a dentist. Yes, and, dentist and he burns... Tooth and he burns down... He gives himself Novocaine. Uh, no, it's, yeah. I saw it and I was like, that's the movie. Sure. <laughs> I pointed at it. Anyway, so he switches the teeth. He burns down the dentist's office. So when they find the body of his brother and they find the teeth, they'll think it was him. He is dead. On paper. Um, and he runs away to France with Helen Bonham Carter. France is a thing throughout the movie that I didn't mention because I didn't care to. Yeah, fuck he, there's a movie he always shows when people are like getting to teeth work done, and it's like the countryside of France. And he always says, one day I'll go there. I was always supposed to. Oh, that's nice. And it's then he goes motif. there with her. They're in love. Um, they have a ba- She's pregnant. He has dentures. He wrote a book about the whole thing under a pen name and got a bunch sure. of money oh, from it. Oh, it's a happy ending. And because the box that the VHS player was in is fireproof, there is a video of Laura Dern shooting a faceless man in the chest who we can only assume is Steve Martin because we can't see the face and the teeth were found. And uh, she goes to jail for an indeterminate amount of time. Indeterminate In amount of time, and that was this movie. So, that, so Steve Martin actually—he's the good guy. He's In the like, end, he ends up being the good guy. He wound up um, sleeping with a woman he actually loved, okay. and granted, <laughs> only he, giving her a small amount of opium. Yeah, and in the end, you know, I think it ended up pretty well. Now, uh, okay, we're we have two ratings. We're basically just going to rate the movie itself and Dern's performance or her Dernness. Sure. So uh, for this major motion picture that was made by 
a motion picture corporation um, for a lot of money. It didn't make a lot of money. Um, I'm not going to give it a great rating. We don't really have a system, like a number system, but I'm going to give this we a... We do now. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I'm going to give it like two out of five turns. This... I, I will admit it sounded like it could be fun. Okay, I'll give it three out of five. Like it was a fun movie, but like it was just very unbelievable at points and it was like, it's exhausting. Like hearing me describe it, like as exhausted as you are right now, imagine how I felt having to watch it and like dictate it. <laughs> I felt like the most overworked court stenographer. <laughs> anyway, like it was a fine movie. I would advise watching it for it as a film. For Laura Dern's performance, eh, it was, it was, I could take it or leave it, I'm not gonna lie. Because she was kind of ditzy, and then she just turns out to be a murdering double-crosser. Which I guess is an important... And that was it. It was pretty just much like, those yeah. two like she, separate... She didn't grow a lot. Okay. She became a bad person, and that was pretty much it. She was also very anal, which comes in, like, the last, like, 20 minutes. Also, this, the whole twist of learning that she is the bad guy happens in the last 15 minutes of the movie. So I don't know, Durnness. I'd say like a like a low simmer of a Dern. Like there's been better Dern. There's probably been worse Dern. I'm sure we will encounter much worse Dern. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a movie I would see again, maybe one day after no, I've recovered. Why? I don't know. I'm, I'm, why would I'm not gonna spend another two ninety nine to see this. Bin Laden again, but... did what he did so <laughs> no one would see this film again. This is the reason. This now, came out. Eight, nine, three days for the biggest catastrophe of our lives. Now, let me ask you something. Did it feel, for you, and specifically for this podcast, given that this was the first episode when that darn twist came on, were you like, oh shit, it's our girl? Like, did you get pumped that Darren was revealed to be... The the hidden killer, or um, did you see it coming? I did not see it. Co- I knew there was going to be a twist. Like it got to the point in the story where it was very clear he was being set up, and there was going to be a twist. Like someone was going to turn on him. I knew it was going to be his brother. Like he was shifty the whole time. He was never a good character. Eh. I like I knew that was going to happen. I did not know it was going to be Laura Dern at the point when I remember I realized it was her. I, I wrote in all caps: Dern is framing him. Um, it's like during the manhunt scene, I figured it out, but I think, I don't know. I was excited considering we are rooting for her in every film. I like, I was ready to root for her. I was ready for Steve Martin to like, just be punished for his crimes and Laura Dern to come out on top, which she almost did for like a day before they realized she murdered more than one person. But yeah. Cool. I don't know. I feel oh, like that I was. Like I feel like that was a very open-ended answer, but no, that's fine. it was good. She she did good. I'm excited that she got to kill people and that Steve Martin. Yeah, I feel got like that's not the turn we typically get. We don't usually get a vindictive turn. I feel like she's usually a nice lady. So yeah, I think that's all I got for right now on a good. All right, Novocaine picture. Don't see it. Don't see it. Don't I mean, see it. Nick if Finger you got an hour it. and a half to kill, and you're at like an airport, go for it. Why are? <laughs> I don't know. How I... did you find this film? Um, it was on the IMDb. I had never heard of it before in my life. I had to rent it from YouTube, but it is widely available. You can rent it on pretty much any platform for really? less than five dollars. Okay. You could, you could buy it for five if you just want to own it forever. I will not. I'm sure... 
I'm sure I've seen a VHS tape of this film before, like in my travels, and I looked at it for a second, and I was like, no. And that's what I wish I could have done now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm growing. Yeah. You, you watch movies you don't love, we and that's s- how you learn. We signed up for this. Okay, so I guess it's time for our next segment. One, two, three. Between, between two, two Derns! Originally not Dern. Originally but not Dern, but Max, between Max two Derns. Max is a genius, so Between Two Derns. Okay, you, you go Okay, ahead. so I'll, I'll start off. So this is a, a chance. This is the segment where we just talk about other things going on. You know, like we never do. <laughs> we don't interject at We all. talk about 9-11. This is our 9-11. You give a talk. I'm going to look up these films while you're... Uh... Um, so I want to talk about a book I'm reading now that I actually borrowed from Nicholas here called oh. Mr. Know-It-All by John Waters. Miss John Waters? Is that how you pronounce it? I've only ever seen it in print. <laughs> um, it's very good. It's his new book. And... It, what I love about it is he he has an earned confidence that I think is very... It's hard to pull off, but he has this wisdom and this experience um, and humor that it's hard to really um, have all those things. And he comes in kind of knowing that he's extolling this wisdom from his lived experience as a a weird, fantastic film director. Um, and it's shockingly funny. It's very... It feels like at times it could be, like, a self-help book that, like, was just filled with, like, pithy, inspirational quotes, but they're sandwiched between, like, sick, twisted stuff about cum and smell-o-vision and all sorts of fun stuff. I recommend it. Nick, what do you got? What's your what's between your durns? Between my durns, well, I gotta see a doctor about that. <clears throat> so between my two durns. So yeah, John Waters, great guy. I've met him a few times. You I've, have. I've seen him speak. Um, yeah. Oh I, wait, can I talk a little more about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, don't for know, it. I just remembered one other part. Um, so at first I was super jazzed about it. I'm like halfway through now. Um, I was really into it where he's talking about his old movies, super artsy and weird, and he doesn't know if he's going to make it. And it did get less exciting once it was just like Hollywood movie after Hollywood movie where there were fun stories, but it wasn't... What are the stakes? What's the risk? You already know the ending is that John Waters made more movies, right? (laughs) So it's not like his career's on the line. It's not like you get this introspective look for that. But the whole time I knew that like there's so much of this book left and I'm like, I just finished reading about his last movie. So I'm like, I don't know what direction that's going to go, but I'm excited for it. And then I just opened that chapter I'm on and he starts each chapter of the picture, like a photograph. And this one, it's just him and Justin Bieber. So I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. I'm very excited. I just love how like every Hollywood movie he made, he made it a loss. Like, he never had... He ne- Like, just now, maybe, like, Hairspray is in the green. Like, nothing else ever crossed over. And production companies knew this, and they'd be like, whatever, make the damn movie. <laughs> it's a very good book, though. I would suggest it as well. Um, let's see. I wrote down three things. I'll just go through them quick, because there's a lot I could talk about. I'm, I'm watching Marvelous Miss Maisel right now. How do you like it? 
fantastic. It's like Mad Men, but happy. Also incredibly Jewish. Jewish. I love, love, love the Hasidic culture. It's great. I'm going to a deli on Monday. Are they Hasids? We'll talk. I know. Sorry if that offended anyone. (laughs) Sorry if that offended our our Hasidic dernheads out there. (laughs) But yeah, it's great. I love, love, uh... Monk, what's his Shaloub. name? Tony Shaloup. He's a great man. Yeah. He's a good man. Who's not Jewish? It's crazy. He does good. Really? Man. He's not. Wow. I know. You'd, who'd have thought? Anyway, so that's fun. I watched Apocalypto the other night for the first time without <laughs> subtitles, which was a, a trip. Is it and a in half. a different language? I've not seen this film. It is. This is the perhaps racially insensitive Mel Gibson film. Probably considering his history. It, like, but did, did you feel like uh, Standing Alone as a film? Was it like, oh, these savage peoples? Or was it different than that? I wouldn't say savage. Like, it was very clear that they just lived in like a different kind of society. And like, you know, when they, like, at one point the smaller tribe goes to like I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, the main Mayan, like, village or whatever. We didn't have subtitles, so I kind of had to guess here and there. And they were doing the whole thing where they were, like, cutting off people's heads and rolling them down the stairs. Which happened, but, like, I don't think it was as it was described in the film. And there were definitely scenes that, like, you know, could have not been there, probably weren't accurate. I'm assuming the accuracy of the whole film was probably not great. But <laughs> I like, didn't realize it was aiming to be a I don't know if true it was, tale. but like, you know, it was fine. And like, it was a good enough story that we didn't need to understand what they were saying, which I think... So it was good. Yeah. Like, I think that speaks something for the film itself that you could watch it without knowing what they're saying and follow the story and understand. Mm-hmm. And also, when you don't know what they're saying, you could talk during it and like, still watch and kind of like talk your way through it, which is a so fun So it's a nice like, friend's night. Like, yeah. Just fire up Apocalypto. But it was fun. And uh, last thing, I'm reading a book called um, Christmas Ghosts, which is an old book that I found at a thrift store here in the city. And it's all different um, sci-fi authors talking about the Christmas Carol story. And it's like all different stories based on that one story. Oh, that's fun. So like they use that as an archetype and some people use the same structure. Some people talk about like the ghosts, like, one ghost story like just his story sure. one person is in the future and there's like robots and like the ghost comes to visit the rich guy but he's like leave me alone and the ghost talks to his robot instead but it's a whole thing it's really fun excuse me you can find a reprinting of it on amazon for pretty cheap if you want to read it it's a there's a lot of gruesome like fun little stories like stephen king adjacent kind of stuff oh cool but it's fun and I that... did I just saw my coworker in a production a local theater production uh-huh. of the theater of Scrooge the musical Scrooge which is one of the, the musical. many adaptations nice. you know what I learned that surprised me what what did you learn you know how many ghosts there are in a Christmas Carol wait are there's four right there's four yeah, there's not the first three. guy it's like it's the, the first, first guy, guy sets them all up yeah and exactly he's the, he's the opener so for all our like trivia masters out there, feel free to use them. And if you're watching the Muppets Christmas Carol, there's actually that movie five the shit because out of me as a two child. Marleys. Oh, because it's the old dudes. It's the old dudes. 
So in case you ever get that very specific that trivia question. That one frightened me. Uh, I always liked it. As a young child. Or wait, I, no, maybe it was the Disney one. No, you mean like the live action Disney one? Because that one is. Uh, no, I think it was the cartoon. I don't know. There was okay. the last ghost, one of those children's Yeah, those kids are pretty Adaptations freaky. scared uh, the fuck out of me. I thought you meant the kids no, under no, no, the, the last ghosts. Wait, no, it's the second, the third. It's You call it's, in, right? It, tweet yeah, us. right. Let P.O. us know box which... 405 Shoreline, Washington. Stick Stickly, P.O. Box 963, <laughs> New York City, New York State, 10108. It's before your time, Nicholas. The I'm sure it is. You can read, just send us, send letters to Mad Magazine. We'll get them. <laughs> um, Alright, is it time for... It's time for your turn, for... young man. Little, Little Dern. Dern. I would just like to say that right now, every time we do the double thing, Max counts down with his fingers and we both say it. That's, we're not just... And it's been, we need like a, we need a, a floor supervisor with a, a, walk, a headset <laughs> to just side. like... Okay. So give us your shotgun, okay. man. What did you watch this week oh, for Dern? Fuck, Nick. Yeah. This, I, I almost just like called you right after and was... I'm out. I don't want to do this. Um, so I got a... Um, what I got is called More Things That Happened. Ah. And More Things That Happened is um, a collection of deleted scenes from the David Lynch film Inland Empire. Which you have never seen. Which correct? I've never seen and know nothing about. Great. In fact, I'm here to tell you that I've never seen any David Lynch anything, except like two or three episodes of Twin Peaks. Well, Dude, you're whatever. about to see most of David Lynch's work in the coming I years. Know. This I know. <laughs> um, I don't want to. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. <laughs> so. I, I I don't know too much about David Lynch, but I know he makes weird shit. Correct. Right, and so I knew going in, oh, I have to watch deleted scenes from like a three and a half hour mindfuck movie that I know nothing about with no context. That's what I have to watch. Great. Um, I told you about my hives, right? Yes. So Did the film give you hives? <laughs> no. Um... I, so, I, I was an, uh, an itinerant vapor of nicotine, right? Ah. A lot of vaping, and I got this shitty vape juice, and yesterday I started breaking out in hives, uh, and I, like, put two and two together, I'm like, oh, it's this shitty vape juice that, like, it's an allergic reaction, I was planning on quitting eventually, soon, right? And I was just like scratching. And I'm like, let's just do it now. Like, here's a good sign from the world. Hey, Max, quit vaping. So last night, I got all my nicotine juice and I threw it out in the trash. And today, for the first time in, I don't know, a decade, I've had no nicotine. What? I also have hives all over my body. It's been a rough day. So Nicholas. you're nice and on edge, and I'm, I'm sitting in I, your apartment. Nobody knows is, I'm here. This has been <laughs> this has been a very rough day, and let me say the massive extreme discomfort of today, of both nicotine withdrawal and 
covered in hives substantially better than watching this movie. It's not a movie. This collection of deleted scenes. Fuck you, David Lynch. <laughs> um, I don't... I have another comparison. I don't want to get too Rogan with this. Oh, no. Go for it. But I recently DMT tried DMT for ah, the first time. Fun. I didn't care for it. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, well, a real mind fuck. High intensity. Wish I just didn't bother. You, you're going to hear um, in your book you're reading, John talks about all of his drug experiences in oh, good. at least one chapter, and he talks about drugs he tried and just didn't like. And that's not a thing you hear a lot. You don't hear people yeah. saying, like, I tried heroin once, I got sick, I didn't like it, I never did it again. Yeah, so I'm here to tell you, DMT was weird. I don't recommend it. But I would recommend it over watching this terrible thing. I mean, in all fairness, you watched a collection of deleted scenes from a film you've never seen See, by David Lynch. So you're just, you went in deep. You took a deep I bite into in the deep. bad side of Dern after reading. And so I, I thought about that. It was funny because about halfway through this experience, I sort of going in, I was like, oh, this will make no sense because I don't have the context of the actual film. And then like halfway through, I'm like, oh, but this film doesn't make any sense. Listeners who have seen Inland Empire, at some point one of us is going to have to watch it. I promise you it will not make sense. <laughs> this is what I got. I'm like, just, just one question before you begin. Do you think they were in a sequence, or were they just completely... They felt they were sequential. Okay, that's this felt, something. If you like a, this dumb, stupid, three-and-a-half-hour film so much that you want more... <laughs> have this little tidbit. I didn't hate everything about it. Okay. But it well, was something. a deeply unpleasant experience. Um, so right off the bat, you know who we get? Who? Dern. Ah. We get Dern we love right Dern. off the bat. And this was a Dern I was unfamiliar with. Oh. And that is bad southern accent Dern. Ooh. Or maybe not southern, but trailer park. Okay. I, I assume... So this is going to be a lot of me guessing about what the fuck is happening. I assume she's in Inland Empire, California, which I believe is a city in California. Um, she is pregnant. She has a bad accent. And she's got some sort of like beef with her husband or her beau. She, the opening scene is her like throwing out the garbage discreetly in the neighbor's garbage can. Ah, yes. So, like, I, but I don't know. So there's some smoking gun there. I didn't catch it. Uh, you know, that's where trailer parks make all the money, charging <laughs> you for trash removal. That's true, yeah. Um, so then we get... Oh, this is stupid. Then we get a 12-minute scene that is some, some young woman and, like, a creepy Polish guy pretty sure he's the devil it like feels like oh that's the devil character he's got he's got a jacket and he's got watches ah. he jet, like a fucking cartoon character yeah do people actually do this um you know have you come across this you're a you're a man about town i'm a man of the world you're i've seen about things. like is this something people i've seen a child eat money um <laughs> <laughs> Not for entertainment, it was like in a store and he didn't know what was happening, but... Um, 
I don't think I've ever seen that format of somebody selling illicit goods. I feel like it's much more popular these days to be told, like, hey, I have stuff, follow me. Like, in Chinatown, New York City, like, there will be people saying, like, do you want Prada? Do you want stuff? Oh, you gotta, and like, then go, they, they take, they take you. you into the back of the store, they'll take you, like, another block away. Sure. I feel like the whole watch and coat thing is not as popular as it used to okay. be. I think this movie's from, like, ten years ago. I mean, so, like, that, plus, you know... Older Polish men that are the devil, they that is they, timeless. They run to their own beat, man. Yeah. So so we get twelve minutes of <laughs> this woman. Every shot. Yeah. Do you like David Lynch? You probably like David. I mean, Lynch. I've I mean, seen I mean, things look at by you. him. There. I've not seen a lot of David Lynch. I. <sighs> like Twin Peaks, I like his movies. I've seen Eraserhead once. I just okay. I was not For those in the right state of at mind. Home, don't believe the hype. This guy is trash. <laughs> this, every shot, I heard, oh, it's a three and a half hour movie, and then I watched this, I'm like, oh, no shit, because every, because we get a 12 minute scene. It's actually only an hour and a half, it feels like three and a half. We get a 12 minute scene of this woman saying, hey, I might want to watch. And at the end of the scene, she gets a watch. And it takes 12 minutes to get there, and there are like, five lines of dialogue and so it's just like pregnant pause and pauses aren't pregnant if they're each one's pregnant like it's it takes the pregnancy away it's just a bunch of fat pauses that's that's dark it's it's a metaphor which is what i feel like this movie is this guy's satan he wants she wants a lucky watch she's got like a bad streak this isn't dern this is just some young gal um she wants a lucky watch. He's like, I don't know. They might be lucky. They're just watches. They tell time. She's like, what do you do? He's like, give me 25 bucks. She's like, what else? He's like, I want to hold your hand. And like the hand holding, I think that's like the patch with the devil. Ah. Whatever. Who's this woman? <laughs> Whatever, man. So I don't know. So she, this like down on her luck young woman and this lecherous Polish devil watchman. That's it. Moving on. Back to Dern. But, okay, so Dern. I told you, what did I tell you about Dern? Right, that she was sort of trailer trash, maybe southern, kind of like definitely lower class struggling. And all of a sudden, she's not. She's not any of those things. I don't think she has the accent in this next scene. She is in, like, a mansion, like a Los Angeles or a Beverly Hills mansion. She's lying on the floor talking to a man, uh, an American man. Ah. But, and you can hear him, he's, like, over the phone. She's lying, the phone is facing the wrong way. Dumb. Ooh, what if we made the phone face the wrong way? Like, all right, David. <laughs> you can tell he's, he's all right. Art school, got it. Um, Did he like push you in the street one day and you just never I forgave just, him? <laughs> it was fine. He there's one part I liked. We'll get there. Okay. Um, she's so she's lying on the floor. So I best I can tell, she is multiple characters in this terrible movie. I think she's also, I think, masturbating while she's on the phone with this man, freaking out. She's like, 
like a strung out, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know where I am. I'm all of a sudden in this house. She has like a multiple like lived experiences, but she's also, I think, just kind of like pawing at her at her crotch in a nightgown. Just pawing. And then, <laughs> just pawing, really. No, this is like an apt descriptor. And then... <laughs> You ready? Oh, I'm ready. I wanna, I'm, I gotta pull up this picture. I mean, I've seen... You haven't seen this film, have you? I have no idea have not seen it, no. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I know there's some pretty uh, pretty upsetting imagery in David Lynch films. So then she's like, someone else is here. Or something, some shit like that. Okay. And then... So all we get at that point is... Oh, no this shot and it's a still and it's creepy fucking rabbit people oh that's that dude's got a does he have a gun does he have a gun to his head and this is they're they're not moving this is just a still this is just a still good god it is deeply unnerving Uh, for those of you at home who have seen um dumbo dumbo pinocchio which one's got the creepy donkey people it it's that Oh man! You it's, know what I'm talking about. It's almost about. like it um, it's like Fantastic Mr. Fox, but like a low but rent haunted. version. Yeah, Ooh. and I should clarify here. I watched this on YouTube, just in full. Yeah, very low quality. Like, it wasn't like a high def thing, so it gave it this even deeper level of like strange and di- uncomfortable. So this I really liked. Creepy rabbits. I wrote here all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, yeah, what the fuck? Watch guy. Here watch we guy. go. Here we go. <laughs> Rabbit people. Those are direct quotes from my notes. This looks like something that Shelley Duvall would have seen in a room when she was running through the Shining, the Shining. Hotel. Like, yes. she sees the dog blowing the man. She sees the yes. rabbit people. This is very much in that vein. Wow. A little later, we get, we get the only other taste of creepy rabbit people in... In this collection, in more things that happened, and it's just these slow them walking, and then like a a hotel stairwell, like just walking into doorways in a hotel stairwell, and you are terrified for whoever's on the other side of that doorway. It these are unnerving. I was into this. I liked the creepy rabbits. But not enough to like have them in this context of I don't know what's happening, and none of this makes any sense. Um, that's all we get in this for like that Dern, and then we get more Trailer Park Dern. Okay. And I don't, I cannot tell you how those two Derns are related to one another, um, but I have some guesses. Okay. Okay. So I think. And there's like a lot more that leads me to think this. Um, so Dern, Trailer Park Dern's being interviewed, interrogated by what I assume is like a detective. And he's sort of like a low rent guy. He might just be like a local cop. He could be like a therapist or something, but I don't get that vibe. I think she, um, she may have committed a crime. She's a little beat up. She's bruised up. Um, she's got a fat lip. I think she killed her husband. And this is after, like, she has this great monologue. And we'll get into that. Um, Okay, let's get into the monologue. So she... This is where the dernness comes through. Up until this point, no dernness. 
And that, did he push me in the street? No, that's why I don't like David Lynch. Because here, our star, Laura Dern, our, our tall queen that she is, this wonderful, this treasure, this fucking treasure, you know her, you saw the new Star Wars. Um, she, she, is, she ought to be the star, and for the first three quarters of this weird collection of dumb scenes, she's, not, she's in most of them, but she, her stardom is subservient to David Lynch's, oh, let me be the director. It's like he's putting himself front and center. Look, here's a weird thing. Here's a fucking lady with a log. Cool, man. None of this makes any sense. I don't know why everyone loves this. Wait, you tell me log lady is in this movie? Log lady is not in this movie. Come on. Like that's the only thing I know about Twin Peaks. Kyle McLaughlin was great in the three episodes I watched. Everything else was insufferable. <laughs> um, You're really gonna love when we watch all of it all... later. <laughs> She's in it, isn't she? She's in the new season. But we. Uh... That's going to be a special. Right. We're going to have to watch the whole thing. Okay. We'll probably do that together, because, you know. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's a party. Um, so, that so like, it's just, like, Lynch, 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 Lynch. Yeah. And then, finally, like, I get, Dern gets unleashed. So, like, maybe, all right, I respect this director for, like, building up and then letting, letting the floodgates open, where I'm like, who is this woman and what's going on? And do keep in mind that this is all the stuff that got cut. Yes. You're only watching that. And this is Correct. probably stuff that got cut because the studio made him. Right. So the real movie might be better. Right. Like, in theory, all the stuff in the movie is better than what you watch. Sure. But also keep in mind that as we have lots and lots of Lynch, yeah. I think approaching this, as someone who hasn't seen any of it yet, as a guy who hates David Lynch, okay. is a fun take. This was take. a bad start for you. It's a fun take, and I think I might lean on that. I'm happy to be our That's Lynch fair. heel. You know, in this. not everyone can like him. And honestly, I've not seen that much of it. We'll I see. I shouldn't maybe, support maybe him Maybe he'll allow do. me. He does do a lot of darn work. Maybe he'll come on the I show. I wonder if we're recording. Yeah, we're good. Okay, that's positive. <laughs> um, so, Dern gets this, um, in this interrogation, this weird, like, with this, like, Keystone cop. I don't know. He looks like his glasses are a little bent. He just looks like a dumb, like a dumb dumb. Like like Barney Fife. They give him yeah. a gun, but his bullets have to stay yeah. in his pocket. And so she's giving what's basically like a soliloquy uh -huh. about her life and her upbringing, and and with his bad trailer park accent about how her mom, who used to work. Uh, you know the corn cob holders? Yeah. Her mom worked in a corn cob holder factory. That is such a David that Lynch felt Lynchian. thing. That's good. I think that's what Lynchian means. I feel like he just has a drawer full of those that he doesn't use yeah. but he looks at. Absolutely. And it and uh, her mama went to work at the corn cob factory every day, but she was a trailer park drunk. And one night got, or one day at the factory, got her hand smashed in the corn cob mold because you had to like pull it out, and it was this high intensity job, and like you just fuck up for a second, boom, hand smashed, hand caught in a corn cob mold flatter in a fucking pancake. That's what Dern says. Now that's a quote. And this this is after like a long ex. She's talking about her lamp and her sister, and I don't know. I was in and out. 
a long spiel, and now she's in like corn cob mold mode. So I'm like, all right, I'm with it. It's like intense and good, but you're also like corn cob, like a corn cob mold. <laughs> it's pretty corn. funny. And so then she says, caught caught in a corn cob mold, flatter in a fucking pancake. And like dumb cop, the only line he has in this like ten minute scene, he just goes, "I like pancakes." <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was very funny. That's like, weird. All right, Lynch. Why'd they cut that? That's a good... I don't know. That's good. Um, so, oh, and then she says this line. So all. So I'm at this point, I'm like, okay, she murdered a dude. She murdered her husband. She's pregnant. And weird shit rabbits her in her head. She's, like, connected to this other woman who's also her. And then she drops this line... Uh, in this trailer park soliloquy, I was 41 years old in 1960. I freaked out about it because I lost a bunch of years. And this movie appears to take place in present day. So now, so on top of all that shit, there's 100% some, like, time travel. There is some wormhole shit going on here. The rabbit people are involved. They're scary. They're haunting her brain. Um, she, the Polish devil, oh, there's like a Polish circus, like an old-timey circus. There's like a Polish circus ringleader. Great. I wanted more of that. We didn't get enough. Not enough. Um, then the last scene is just another unnecessary 10, 12 minutes of just prostitutes and they're... Like, drinking out of little bottles, and they're at payphones, and they're, like, trying to, like, turn tricks and, like, you know, go up to car passenger windows. Just, like, classic, like, street prostitute. And that's it. And I don't know who these fucking people are, and they don't do anything, and nothing happens in this scene. And that's it. And it was terrible, and I hated it. Um... On a scale of, like, how many derns am I giving this movie... The pancake line, the pull, like, I am intrigued. I am intrigued, and, like, that is at risk of my, like, I I want, I have my most fun in my fuck David Lynch, but I'm also intrigued, and I want it, and I got that, like, some of this is probably very funny in a way that I enjoy, and, like, the combo of serious and completely fucking absurd. Like, I can get behind that. I'm with it. I don't know that I want to watch a three and a half hour movie, but I'm going to have to at some point. One of us. It's going to be a coin will. flip. Um, so the movie, it was only see this if you seen and loved Inland Empire. Otherwise, you have no business watching this shit at all. <laughs> It'll do nothing for you. But I'm sure there are some super fans who loved every minute of this. Uh, the last shot's super cool. If you do want to see it, the last shot is cool. It's also very Darren centric. I won't spoil it. Um, cool in like an art way. It's not like a fun. Like if you don't like anything else I talked about, <laughs> it's trash. Um, uh, the Durnness. I will. I will rate her only as trailer park. I don't think Dern. I don't think it's for her. There are a lot of good Derns out there. I think Ditsy Dern is a great Dern. We're gonna get some serious Ditsy Dern on this pod. Trailer Park Dern. And it was also the writing. It felt very like 
it felt like like Kevin Smith level dialogue. Ooh. I wrote down one line talking about her like alcoholic mom or alcoholic sister or one of the alcoholics in her trailer. Uh, this was Laura Dern. Um, she, she'll tap a fifth of roses. She'll drain that puppy before the seven o'clock news. Ooh. Like everything, like so. Like how do we like? It's like no one talks like that. It sounds like, none like, of this... like a student film. Exactly. And none of it felt. It all felt very forced. And I haven't seen the source material for this, so maybe that's the aesthetic. And that's what old Davey was going for. Um, but I could have done without. I'm not going to fault Dorn or Dern for that, you know, god-awful Lynchian script. But what are you going to do? Uh, I didn't think it was her best character. But when she got a chance to kind of show the depth of her character and she gives this, like, very emotional story about her mom and the corn cob holders, <laughs> it's where she really shined. She brought a lot of, like righteous rage and bitter world weary like all this shit like she's definitely the hero of this she might be, i don't know maybe the rabbits are the hero or the polish devil i don't fucking know um she she did very well when she was given a chance to do so i'm excited to see i'm not that excited i'm not gonna enjoy three and a half more hours of this um I really hope it was you fine. end up getting it. She's great. She's always great. Um, that's what I got. Well, nice. I'm glad you got through it and are still alive to talk about it. Barely. I'm you're, not glad. You're not. You don't, you don't look great. I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> I'm hurting. You tried. Okay, so I guess uh, time to close the shop. I guess we're gonna finish with the classic question that. Everyone knows and loves and thinks about every Christmas. What did Dern teach us? What did Laura Dern teach us? I thought we were going to, what did we learn about Dern? Well, I guess, what did we learn about Dern? Right, I, I feel know, like wordplay is an important part of this podcast. Words are just things you say. I'm going to start. Please. I'm going to, before, before, let me start. Before the whole twist in my movie where she wound up being a bad lady, I was going to say that men are slime. And you can definitely defend somebody too much. Because up until the point you realize that she's the bad guy, she's very, very defensive of Steve Martin. To a fault. Considering... That it was as, all a ruse. It was. But like as far as you know, like he just keeps doing bad stuff. And she's just like, I love you, but I shouldn't. But I'm going to protect you. And blah, 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 blah. And like... Up until the point I knew she was bad, I was just thinking, like, wow, she's kind of a ditzy character that shouldn't be defending her man. But then we find out she's a bad person, and my... What I learned about Dern changed. Um, Dern can be bad. She can play a bad boy, and she can do it pretty well. She can be serious. She can talk about murder and be believable. I would believe that tall woman killed those people. Also, one more little flashback. She has ridiculous hair that no dentist would ever have. Like, it's so big and not covered or tied back in any way. It's so crazy ridiculous. Anyway, I forgot to mention We that. should have a Dern hair segment. It's I feel like bananas. Like, she's always like she has, a, she has, like, a face cover, but her hair is just, like, it would have been in people's mouths. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, 
she can do bad, and cheating is not the largest sin two murders is. <laughs> that's that's what Dirt taught That's me. a great takeaway. That's, um, that's all I can take away from this film confidently. It's interesting. I I wonder how many Dern films are Dern murder films. We got, I think, I think we got two of them. I think she murders in my film. We are going to, from this episode forward, start a canonical Dern murder Dern. Dern. So far, I'm going to count it at three, because okay. it is a. But assumed... one of those is a question mark that I feel like Inland Empire, that's going to be a movie that gives more questions than answers, right? That seems to be... Alrighty. I'm still just going to count three, because yeah. there's probably she murder. I definitely had to. murdered this dude. Um, and we'll see how it grows from here. So, so far, we got three murders. So, we, I also learned that. I was surprised I hadn't... My Dern experience doesn't have much of the this I, I won't say not serious but that uh larger than like when you see marriage story you'll see that's a, a fun darn a loud darn a bright that's a she has a lot of a lot of what i'd call california durns oh. and enlightened she is an la is native a, is a california darn oh i have a darn fact <gasps> um be bad do it <laughs> Do you know who Marianne Williamson is? I feel like with some context I might, but... Marianne Williamson, up until recently, was a candidate for President of the United States, and she is the one I might describe as the witchy woman who is a Democratic uh, Party nominee. I have an image of my head of who you're talking about now. Is she timelessly beautiful? Yes. Yes, that's her. That's the one. Marianne Williamson is this witchy orb lady who wants to have a department of peace, and she's not the worst person on that stage. I miss having her around. The debates were very fun when you had this outside perspective. She sells, like, you know, woo-woo books and (laughs) self-help, and, like, she has a whole business, and she is passionate and weird, and you're like, "How, how is this woman here? Who is this woman? I'm pretty sure she's 70, but she's the most beautiful 70-year-old on the planet. Her eyes are like beautiful gemstones. Um, I want her to be president. That's what we were all saying, but no one kind of really had the, the gumption to really you know, push for that, so she's <laughs> no longer in the running. What I learned was, and I don't know, I could have dug deeper. Listeners at home, feel free to do some research on this to get more info. I like leaving the why of it a mystery. Uh, when Marianne Williamson was maybe 35, mid-30s, um, and Laura Dern was briefly going to UCLA for undergrad as like a 17-year-old, they were roommates. <laughs> wow. And that's, I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know if if they got along, I don't know anything else. I mean... I'd love to know more, but I also like reserving that from myself for a while. I mean, I can see how it would happen. I myself lived at Temple University on, like, housing that was campus-affiliated but wasn't campus housing. And one of my roommates for my last semester there was a 35-year-old Turkish man. And, and I at the time was 20 aspirations? I don't think so. Okay. But, you know, he was very nice. He was um, a gay man. He was looking for a green card marriage, which he has now. He's happily married to another man. 
Good. And he can stay here. This is should we dedicate this episode? Yeah, this to is him? this is for you, Erkin. This is for Erkin? you. Yep. This one's for Erkin. This is. Alrighty, so anything else you wanna talk about before uh, we sail this one home? Let's uh let's share what we'll be doing next week. Yes, very So we just good. picked our films randomly from the random number generator. Yes. Remind one of us to throw a fake dice noise in here. <laughs> um, so you got number 21 on our list. Next um, week you will be up list. first. You'll be doing Big Dern. You were doing a film called I Am Sam. And when you shared that with me, I said, is that the um, Sean Penn retard one? And in fact, and I, it that is. is. I don't think I've seen it. I certainly didn't know Dern was in it. If I hadn't seen it, it was like in high school. I think we're talking 2003, 2004. I'm, I'm going to assume Dern's like the mom? Maybe she's the love interest? Maybe she's, maybe just she's a, mentally challenged? Maybe she's I don't a wacky know. aunt. She could be a wacky aunt. Real Marianne she has, I feel like she has big wacky aunt energy. For sure. For sure. So we'll see what we get. I'm excited. But I'm going to guess mom. Wholesome mom. I, no murders. I, I, I also agree there will be no murders, but I've seen Sling Blade. This could take some turns. <laughs> some French fried taters. Um, and I got number 20 on the Little Dern list, which is a movie called Damage Care. It was a 2002 TV movie about a nurse who uncovers a scandal. It might be based on a real story. I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to find out. It felt like maybe a bad... Aaron Brockovich or something? Perhaps. Like that, that energy. I'm excited to see just how low budget it was. I'm hoping it's pretty low. Well, they got Dern. They got Dern. Dern see, that's, that's where the whole budget went, though. Like, the rest of it's just gonna be, like, procedural and medical drama. Like, that's just cheap. I'm they got those sets sitting around. Oof, pardon me. <laughs> and on that note... And on that note... Thank you for tuning in to Dark After Reading. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Wow. We did it. We Holy did. shit, you guys, we did it.